talk to you tonight on this subject, and I won't be long. Don't allow the enemy to sit at your table. Don't allow the enemy to sit at your table. Uh, lift your hands and let's ask the blessing of the Lord on the, on the word of God tonight. God bless this service. May it honor you. May it glorify you. And bless these good people that came tonight. And they come straight from work. And I ask you to bless them because they've, they're here and do good things for their life. And let everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, my text tonight is in Psalms. And we might continue this next week. But my text is found in Psalms chapter 23, verse number 5. The Bible says that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before... Isn't that interesting? That God prepares a table in the presence of your enemies. I know what some of y'all are saying right now. Oh, I don't have no enemies. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Everybody's got enemies. Everybody's got an enemy. And, but I think David is sitting there and he's talking about the Lord shepherding him and how that it's God's table. God's preparing this table for him. And David is enjoying the benefit and the blessing of God. And the enemies are having to look on at David's provision. He said, you, Lord, are preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. One thing I want you to understand tonight in this Bible lesson is that you will always have an enemy. Always. Somebody say always. It, it doesn't matter what kind of breakthrough you got last week. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. It doesn't matter uh, how sanctified and glorified you are. You and I are always going to have an enemy. And one of those enemies, you obviously know because you, you live with it, and I'm not talking about your loved ones. But you look at it every single day, and that is the enemy of your flesh. I mean, you, you, it's always with us. And when you want it to do good or you want it to behave, it, it rises up on you. And it's, it's present with you. It gets an attitude, and it can be carnal. It can be opposite of God. The Bible says that, that the carnal mind is enmity against God. What does that mean? It's the enemy of God, my flesh. Everybody say my flesh can be an enemy of God. And it's contrary uh, when it wants to do what it wants to do. And then there's the spiritual side of us that longs to please God. This flesh is always going to be with us till the day we die. 
We are going to battle this flesh. My pastor that has gone on to be with the Lord used to hold his hands up and he used to say, if there's anything that will send me to hell, my flesh will send me to hell. You're always going to have an enemy. And uh, the flesh is obviously one enemy that we constantly battle, that we constantly have to deal with. And then you're going to have people that are enemies. You know, I don't, listen, the Bible says follow peace with all men and holiness if it be possible. It's not always possible. And sometimes you got people that are just not going to like you. They're not going to like you. They're not going to well, not like the way you look. They're not going to like you. Your personality's going to rub them the wrong way. They're going to say things about you that's not true. You're going to have enemies. And then lastly, the devil is your enemy. And as long as you live on this earth, the devil can't stand the fact that you're in the house of the Lord tonight. The devil can't stand the fact that even though you may have had a rough day at work today, and even though you may have just rushed in and not eaten dinner, the fact that you made it to the house of the Lord upsets the devil and demons and all the principalities and powers of the air. <clears throat> You're always going to have an enemy. And I, I think sometimes, what would the Bible story look like if there wasn't enemies in the Bible? I mean, it, it's the backdrop and the canvas of how God does his greatest work. There would be no story of David and Goliath if there never was a Goliath. God uses enemies through the scripture as a canvas and a backdrop to display the glory and power of God in a way that's absolutely amazing. If you got an enemy in your life, be grateful because God is going to do something powerful and life-changing because of that. But my lesson tonight is about enemies that have a seat at your table. And as I was praying and thinking about it, I, I thought about this church and I thought about just seasons that we go through. And one, and the first enemy that you can allow a seat at your table is the enemy of apathy. Everybody say the enemy of apathy. Don't allow a spirit of apathy to sit at your table. What is, what is apathy? It's, it's simply an attitude. I hope this doesn't bore you because this is exactly what God wants me to tell you tonight. Don't allow an attitude of indifference to settle into your spirit. An attitude to sit down at your table that says, I just don't care. I don't care about Easter. I don't care about Good Friday. I don't care about growth track. I don't care if, if somebody's in the pew. I don't care if the worship is good. I don't care if we break our records. Don't allow that spirit to sit down at your table to cause you to be apathetic 
about the house of God, about the people of God, about the word of God, about all things. Don't allow apathy. Somebody say apathy. And here lately, here lately, I've noticed a little tiny spirit of apathy. Kind of want to just pull up at the table and sit down and say, hey, you ain't got to do all of that. You ain't got to worship like that. You ain't, you ain't got to come to church for 90 minutes on Sunday morning. You, you ain't got to come to church for 60 minutes on, on Wednesday night. You don't have to bring your young person to, to Friday night uh, youth service or, or Thursday night. Ha- I want to tell you, if we're going to be the kind of church God wants us to be, we've got to be passionate people. We've got to be people that are on fire. That are, and I'm not going to scream at you tonight because I don't have the energy or the oxygen. But I want to tell you, we need to stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of us and not get complacent. I'm serious. We cannot be complacent. And you can't sit down with that spirit that says, oh, you've done enough. You're good enough. You're revival church. You got a hundred people coming uh, a month. Oh, you baptized two or three people. No, 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 no. Don't sit down with a spirit of apathy and indifference that says, I don't care. I can't stand that. You ever, you ever say something to somebody and they just shrug their shoulders? I'm going to tell you, as a church, you got to be red hot. You, you've got to be passionate about the work of God, about the kingdom. You say, well, so-and-so, I don't care what so-and-so is doing. I don't, I don't care what somebody else, well, they, they dropped. No, no, no. We're, not, we're talking about you, you, you. You got to be passionate about God. You got to be red hot for God. You got to be tenacious for God. You got to set yourself on fire and not sit down with a spirit of apathy. And some of y'all got it. (coughs) You have to check yourself. You got to check yourself when you feel like I'm not talking about being tired. We all get tired. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an attitude. It's an enemy. And you could have a killer at your table. I'm going to make a statement. The path, the first step to backsliding is a step of apathy. I'm, I'm, I know that the Lord has talked to me about this. The first step To turning your back on God is a spirit that says, I don't care. I don't care about this. I don't care about the church. I don't care about Easter. I don't care about communion. I just don't care. I'm going to tell you, that is the first step to backsliding and losing your soul is a spirit of apathy. Don't be apathetic. The Bible says in Revelation, I would that you are hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm or you're apathetic, you're not even hot, you're not even cold, you're just in the middle. 
He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And I'm going to tell you something. This church cannot afford to be apathetic about anything. I'm serious. I'm not, we, we're not apathetic about people. We're not apathetic about baptisms. We're not apathetic about visitors that walk through those doors or find a place to park or people that get in Bible studies. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all that are watching or here tonight, you need to set yourself on fire. You need to find you a prayer room and an altar and get back red hot on fire for God and tell everybody you see about the power of God. Don't let an enemy at your table. Don't do it. Apathy is not well. You say, well, pastor, you just don't understand. Listen, trust me. I get it. I know what that spirit's like. I've had to deal with that spirit before. But you know what you got to do? You got to rebuke that spirit. You got to say, you don't have a place in my heart. You don't have a place in my life. I'm not just going to coast until the rapture or until I get to heaven. I'm not going to let an enemy of apathy creep into my life, creep into my family, creep into my church. No, 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 no. Be passionate about God. It's important. If you're going to succeed at anything in this life, you're going to have to be passionate about it. it, Maybe you're running a business. It doesn't matter. If you're apathetic about your business or about your education, you will never succeed. This translates into every, if you want to get anything done and you're like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of raining today. looks like it's going to rain. Oh, I just don't think I'm, I'm going to make any phone calls today. Oh, it looks like it's going to rain next week. Oh, I just don't think I'm going to do anything. But I feel like it. I don't feel like it. You'll never be successful. If you, if you try to do anything, serve God, run a business, have a successful life. If you're not passionate about it, don't expect somebody else to be passionate about it. Am I telling you the truth? If you're going to live for God, then live for God. Put a smile on your face. Stop looking so grumpy. Stop just coming in like the sky is falling. Put a spring in your step. Put some joy in your spirit. Be passionate about it. Everybody say a spirit of apathy. The Bible says in Jude, and some having compassion, they make a difference. What I'm, what I'm not seeing here lately is a sense of urgency. I feel like I'm going to step down. I know I've got to get back up. It's like I just feel like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about it's Wednesday night. and I'm, not, I'm just talking about urgency. Like the Lord is coming. Like I'm, I'm racing the rapture. Like I've got to pull people out of the fire, Brother Todd. I've got to do something now. I can't wait till tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. Urgent. Urgent. Urgent about God. Urgent about prayer. Urgent about the Bible. Urgent about fasting. 
fasting, urgent about reaching people. We must be urgent. Somebody clap your hands. <coughs> Somebody shout urgent. I feel like we need a sense of urgency. You see all of this stuff going on all over the world. Banks failing. Wars, China, Ukraine, and people of God just walking around, twiddling their thumbs. Just kind of looking up like, you know, look, I, looking at pixie dust. Coming into church and just flopping down on, on a $300 chair, just like, singing again, Matt. Turn the crank, Tim. Whip us up. You need to whip yourself up. You need to stir your own self up. You need to get in a closet and pray through. Stop riding the coattail and the anointing of somebody else and stir your own self up and be urgent about the coming of the Lord. Somebody say sense of urgency. I'm, I'm 53 years old and I'm urgent. I'm urgent. I'm urgent about filling this building up. I'm urgent about helping our kids. I'm urgent about people being baptized. I'm urgent about it. And I, I wish to God I had people, more people in this church that would get urgent about it. Living for God like you're going to live forever. You are not going to live forever. Don't you waste another service, another altar call, another message. Don't you waste another day. Be urgent. Somebody say be urgent. See, y'all making me preach this hard and I didn't want I'm going to need my inhaler here in just a minute. I, want, I mean this because I felt this two weeks ago. That you didn't have that. Oh. You just, it was a spirit of apathy. Because y'all have it so good. Prayers that have gone up that are in the grave right now. People that have gone on, we're living off the overflow. Uh, people that prayed and sacrificed, gone on to be with the Lord. I, I pray to God that something stirs you up this year. That regardless if you've been in the church one day, 10 days, or 50 years, that you would feel an urgent call of the Spirit to do something you have never done before. Come on, raise your hands right now to the Lord. <coughs> Urgency. Urgency. Urgent. Urgent. Urgent, urgent, urgent. A sense of urgency. A sense of urgency for, for Sunday and revivals and, and Easter. And 
Jesus' name. I'm just, I'm, I'm pastoring you tonight. I'm just telling you what's in my soul. I'm telling you what's in my spirit. I'm telling you what I've been praying over and thinking on and meditating before the Lord. I'm just asking God. It's a spirit of apathy. Don't, don't let that spirit sit at your home. Don't let that spirit sit in your family. Don't let that spirit be at your table where I just don't care. I've been in this church 30 years and I'm done. You're not done. If you still got oxygen in your body and life in your body, you are not done. You are not, you don't retire. I don't care what anybody says. You don't retire. There's always a work to be done. There's always somebody that needs to be reached. There's always somebody that you can teach and encourage and pick up and help them. You don't retire from this. I'm going to tell you, that's the, that's the first enemy we need to deal with. We need to check ourselves. The second enemy I've, I've prayed about today is, is the spirit of disobedience. It's a spirit of disobedience. And let me tell you what, what, before the man of lawlessness, lawlessness, and you don't hear me say this much, but I'm getting ready to tell you, before the Antichrist comes, there will be a spirit of lawlessness that will follow, that will be the precursor of the Antichrist before the rapture of the church. It'll be a spirit of disobedience. If you, need, if you don't believe the Bible, just read your newspaper. It's got more information and more prophecy about what's coming down the road than anything you need to understand. And I'm going to tell you, that's what the world and the church is battling in the last days. It's a spirit of disobedience. Well, I don't, I don't want to do that, and that's not my truth. I, I'm, I'm telling y'all in love and compassion, if your values and your decisions are not in alignment with the word of God and the principles of the word of God, you are in disobedience. And there is disobedience in the land in both sacred and secular. Sacred and secular. Whether it is in a professor in a university whether it is a teacher, there is a spirit of disobedience that is at work in the last days. Put Ephesians 2 and 2 on the screen for me tonight. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So, well, that's, that's a bad word. That's not a bad word. It's in the Bible. He said, the word of the Lord said in another portion in Isaiah 1 and 19, said, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. In my devotion, in my devotion this week, 1 Samuel, put, put this on the screen, 1 Samuel 14 and 37, as I, I was, I'm reading through chronologically and this, this text jumped out at me. It said, so Saul asked the counsel of God, shall I go down after the Philistines and will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? Now watch what, this, what happens right here. But he did not answer him 
that day. God did not answer Saul that day. Which leads us to the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story. That Saul went down. He offered a sacrifice. Samuel came to him and said, Obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm, I'm telling you in the name of the Lord. Don't allow a spirit of disobedience to have a seat at your table. Now listen, I want you to hear me because this is what's happening. It's not the new people that I'm having problems with. It's people that know better. It's people that have, uh, listen, I'm not talking about necessarily anybody here tonight. I'm, this is not, Y'all know me. I'm not taking, I'm, I'm just telling you in the spirit world what I see. It's people that have lived for God long enough to know better. That, that say, oh, it doesn't matter what you say. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't matter what God says. I, well, I just don't see it that way. You know what that is? That's a spirit. And I know y'all are quiet, but you'll be okay. It's a spirit, and I'm bringing this to your attention so you'll know. It's a spirit of disobedience. And that kind of spirit will destroy you. I've seen people living for God. None of them are here tonight, so you can relax. I've seen people that live for God 20 years and 30 years that I never would have thought this close to the coming of the Lord they would be disobedient. I never thought this close to the end, Sister Joyce, they'd be disobedient. Right here at the end. You know, and that's how I know that a spirit of disobedience is at work in the last days. And I'm telling you in the name of the Lord, don't give a spirit of disobedience a seat at your table. I said it Sunday, when you won't come ask me what I think and you'll make a decision about moving or marrying somebody or dating somebody and you never seek counsel, that's a spirit of disobedience. It's just a spirit. That's not a power play. I mean, y'all can eat meat, can't you? You want milk or you want meat? If, if, if you, and you know, if you go, oh, I don't really care what the Bible says. I don't care what a spiritual leader says. I don't care what a pastor says or an evangelist says. I'm, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to make this decision, and I don't really care what anybody says. That is a, so you'll know that's a spirit of disobedience. That's at work in you that's trying to destroy you. Don't allow, I'm helping you here tonight. This, I'm, I hope I'm changing the oil in your engine. Don't allow a spirit of disobedience to sit down at your table. Anybody ever been told something you didn't like? Anybody have to do it anyway? How many, did anything rise up in you? Don't be lying in the church. God, Lord, have mercy. I'm about to preach about lying. 
I've been a pastor. I've been an assistant pastor. I've been a student pastor. I am pastored by a pastor. So I can say this. When my pastor says, come here, do this, I don't have to ask him, show me scripture and verse. I do it. Say, oh, you're old school. I am old school. I'm the Bible old school. This is nothing, y'all. This is just, this is like light. This ain't nothing. Some of y'all look like you just, you know, saw a ghost. You're staring at me. Your eyes are about that big, and maybe that's my fault. This ain't, this is not even hard preaching. This is just Bible preaching and teaching. I'm just teaching you the Bible. This is, this is basic. But it's amazing to me of how many people don't know that obedience in the, is in the Bible and disobedience is in the Bible. And if you're making a life decision based on what you think, when the Bible says, go find out what happened. The Bible says every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Go find out what happened. Book of Judges. Let me tell you something. You can't pastor yourself. You, you are not a good pastor of your own self. When you do what's right in your own eyes, you need a pastor. I need a pastor. Everybody needs a pastor. That's the way God ordained it. We must be obedient to the word of God and the men of God. Don't sit at the table Let me take it a step further. I'd be careful sitting at the table with disobedient people. I would not have Bible studies with people that are constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be afraid that the earth would open up and swallow them and I would accidentally fall in the grave with them. I would not. I would not. I wouldn't go to their house. I wouldn't take them to coffee. I'm, talking about a, I'm not talking about somebody struggling. I'm talking about a spirit of disobedience. Now, if you want to know, you just, you just come at if you're, wor- if you're wondering if you got one, come ask me. I'll tell you. It's not complicated. If you're, if you're on the fence, I can help you get off the fence. I'm 53, and I, I don't know how much time I got left, but I say what I think. Come ask me. Come ask me about that relationship. Come ask me about that marriage. Come ask me about that move to another city that don't have a church in it. Come ask me. I'll tell you. You don't have to wonder what I'm thinking. Come ask me. If you want to know the truth, just ask me. I'll tell you the truth. Not based on my opinion either, but based on a principle in the word of God. I will tell you the truth. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I'm just getting started in this series, but the last thing I got time tonight to tell you about is a spirit of distraction. A spirit of apathy. A spirit of disobedience. And a spirit of distraction that you never can sit still long enough to let God speak to you. We're living in the most distracted age. I would, I would challenge you. I would challenge you.
not to look at your phone. If possible, unless you're working, the first hour, your waking hours, and sit with the Lord. Unless your job required it. And certainly don't get on social media. We already know the weather's crazy. Don't even check the weather. I'm free. That's why I'm sick. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm in the rain. I'm in the sunshine. So I think, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing in this weather? We, our power went out yesterday. We were trying to uh, pay, uh, Sister Charlene and I were trying to pay church bills and figure out what we were going to pay where and what we were going to do. And all of a sudden, it just, all the power goes out. I thought, well, praise the Lord. Here we just sit. We're so distracted. We're all distracted. We all are text, not all, but many of us are texting and driving. I'm just watching y'all squirm. I've been guilty. I've been guilty. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've been guilty. I've, I do have it on do not disturb. But sometimes, you know, it's just one sentence. You know, but my point, this is my point. We're all distracted. You know, we've got this notification. You know, this push alert. This this thing. This this sports, this thing, that thing. This, it's like we, I think history, I think when we get down the road and we look back 10, 20 years from now, I think history is going to look back at the technological age and say there were more divorce, there were more kids that ran away, there was more mental health issues, there was more uh, eating disorders because kids were on the internet comparing themselves to somebody else. They, they got confused with their gender identity. Let me set that straight. God created them male and female. There you have it. That's it. That's it. And I'm going to take it a step further. You better be careful what you allow your children to watch online, on YouTube, all of those social outlets, parents, grandparents, you better watch and make sure that there's not some hidden agenda trying to creep his way into our children, into our young people, and confuse them with what God has said to them. It's distractions. Everybody say distractions. And I am, musicians can come. I am saying to the Lord, lead me by the still water. Restore my soul. <sighs> Let me sit with you, Lord. You know, sometimes I think we're anxious because we make ourselves anxious. Because we're constantly looking and this and that. I, I, I really think it's a spirit that keeps us distracted. I believe God is speaking, but I believe there's other things that are speaking. Let's all stand together. The Bible says, 
Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus. Man, I, I need that. The author and the finisher of our faith who, for the joy that was before him, endured the cross. And as I was studying and praying and trying to rest, I just kept thinking, looking to Jesus. A yoke that is easy, a burden that is light, not constantly distracted, pulled this way and pulled that way. And we need to, as the people of God, we need not have these enemies at our table. Now, I don't know how your family does it, but our family, we do, we do our best. We're not perfect all the time. But when we're having dinner together, we don't allow phones at the table. Why? Because it's too easy to pick it up. How many knows I'm telling the truth? It's just easy to just, out of habit, just reach over and just, it's like, how many ever had a phone in their pocket and you thought it vibrated, but it didn't? Isn't that the craziest thing? It's like it's a spirit. It's crazy. Like you go, you're sure y'all, oh, my phone vibrated. And you go, no. Just so much distraction, apathy, disobedience, distraction, focus, focus tonight. Focus. Think about what I'm saying to you. I only, I only get you for 35 minutes tonight to shape your thinking for the rest of the week. Think about what I've said tonight. Think about apathy. Think about what you need to change, what you need to adjust in your life. Think about a spirit of obedience or a spirit of dis disobedience and, and think about distractions and see if God won't speak to you tonight. Won't you raise your hands right now to the Lord? You love the Lord. God, touch the people of God that are here. Help them to receive the word of the Lord tonight, God. Help them to receive the word of the Lord tonight. We don't need enemies at our table. We need the Lord at our table. <coughs> we need the Lord at our table. We need to sit at the feet of the Lord. We all need to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, if you need to go because you get up early, you certainly can go. But if you'd like to come to this altar tonight and just ask the Lord to put this into your spirit, this altar is open. If you want to say, Lord, I've been sitting at the table with apathy. I've been sitting at the table with disobedience. I've been sitting at the table with distraction. I want to sit at the table of the Lord. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm not going to let that sit down at my table, God. Jesus' name.
Come on, raise your hands and talk to the Lord tonight. I love you, Lord. I'm going to come into this Sunday different, God. I'm going to come in with more passion. I'm going to come in with more urgency. I'm going to come in with more fire, God. I'm, a, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to seek you more. I'm going to stir up myself. I'm, 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 going, I'm going to do it, God.